Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, men. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. Glad to be back at you again. Happy Tuesday. I hope you're enjoying your week so far. So, All right. So today we are going to talk about being accepted and being approved by God and being his child. So it's going to be awesome. We're going to be reading from Luke uh, chapter 3 there. And it's verse 22, and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him, speaking of Jesus, and a voice came out from heaven saying, you are my beloved son, and in you I am well pleased. If you're following along in this podcast and understand, you know, some of my thinking and, um, you know, that, um, I thoroughly believe that Jesus is our example in almost all things. Um, his life was an example. There's certain things that he did. He said, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. And so most of his life was that example, a pattern an imitation for us to follow. And so that being said, um, his baptism is the same thing. But the, the crazy thing about this is that it goes through this um, progression. And as you begin to read just these two scriptures, you see the progression. And the, the progression goes baptism and prayer. And the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended. Sonship is, is proclaimed and approval is established. Now, these are the same things that that need to take place inside of our hearts, inside of our lives, too, that we are on a, a spiritual path and and there are certain processes and, and steps that need to take place. And so the first uh, one is, is baptism. And baptism, as I was uh, taught, and uh, it's a nice little saying, but uh, it's an outward sign of an inward work. And that means you are displaying publicly what is going on on the inside of you. And what actually takes place is a a belief in the burying of the old man and the rising of the new. Now, a lot of people don't understand this um, uh, fact about baptism, but um, a lot of it's because, you know, we're just not being taught or we're sprinkled when we're little kids and and we don't have uh, the understanding, but. Jesus was 30 years old when he got baptized, and he fully knew and understood what was taking place. But it is the sign of the burying of the old man and the rising of the new. You see, the old life is gone. It has disappeared. I'm no longer who I used to be. And so the same way that the old man is to be considered dead. This new man is to be considered alive. And this is, is one of the first processes of understanding what the Christian faith is all about, is that the old way that you used to think about God, the old behaviors, the old mindsets, the old belief systems, um, they're put to death and they are buried and they're no longer living and they're no longer active. Uh, but now we have this new life that is uh, filled with power and inspiration and this new positive mindset and belief system that begins to come into operation and begins to come into effect. And so this is the very 
fundamental and the foundation of what it means to be a Christian. The next one is, is communication. Uh, after in the baptism, he went into communication with God. Um, this is one of the vital necessities for a healthy spiritual life. And that is just maintaining connection and purpose and, and passion and, uh, uh, with the father that we don't come to him with our wish list, right? Uh, the Christian faith has been reduced to God being Santa Claus, right? And that we come to him with, with all of our requests, but, uh, the the life of faith is something far different. It's the death of the old life, and it's this communication and connection with God that begins to take place. And that means we begin to hear Him, which is a powerful reality. Uh, heaven's open. I'm not going to go into that, but if you want to take a look at that podcast, go ahead and visit the last episode where I thoroughly talk about how we have direct access with God and we can approach Him with boldness. A powerful topic. It goes on to the Holy Spirit descending, coming, and falling down. You see, what is different from, from Christianity is the Holy Spirit. And that is the person of God, but even more so, He's our teacher. Uh, he's our corrector. He speaks. And it is the voice of God to us on this earth. Many people call him by different names, but it is the Holy Spirit that has uh, descended. The next idea is sonship. If there's anything that we need to establish in this world today is sonship. Because men are not acting like sons of God. Uh, they're acting like sons of somebody else, right? And so the sonship needs to be established and uh, maintained. And then lastly is the approval of God, which we're gonna we're gonna dive in deep right now. So, what does it mean to be approved by God? You see, having the approval of God, um, the idea and the concept goes back to the ancient practice of having your father's blessing in marriage. And when you think about that for a minute, having the approval of God and thinking about how it relates to a marriage is the Father saying that you have my blessing. I approve of you, right? And any fathers out there know how difficult that might be, right? Because our children bring home people that we don't quite approve of, right? And so this idea of having the Father's blessing is something that it's supposed to be very powerful reality that God says, I approve of you. Now you say, yeah, but this is Jesus and he was perfect and all this. And, but we got to understand that we have been accepted and that we have been approved and we have gained entrance into the family of God, that these, this same reality uh, we get to experience today. And we have to know, we have to understand that we are approved because if we don't, I can guarantee that this is what we are going to do. And that is we're going to gauge in a religious struggle to try to be accepted and approved. And that comes in the form of commandment keeping. That comes in the form of rigorous self-denial and acts that was somehow we can try to measure up to his standard in 
we can someday be approved. But here, here's the gospel in a nutshell, is that God's standard is so high that we will never measure up. And therefore, we need to give up and fall down and say that I can't do this. It is outside of my realm of capability. Therefore, I'm going to trust in God to bring it to pass for me. And I'm going to rely on his grace. And so that's the gospel in a nutshell. And it attacks this idea of trying to gain acceptance and approval by your own works. And we have to thoroughly understand that to be the, the powerful men that we want to be. Because if we're going to engage in a religious struggle, we are never going to measure up. And we're going to constantly think that God does not like us. God does not accept us because we're basing our acceptance and our approval on our behavior. See, but many, many men think that the approval of God is based upon their behavior. And I get this, right? Because we were, you know, we were raised in a, in a culture where it seemed that, you know, our parents no longer accepted us if we did bad behavior, right? We got to depend on what kind of parent you had. You got a, a very harsh weapon, right? Or you got highly disciplined in some way. And that was meant to correct, correct our behavior. But what is often communicated to us is that we are unacceptable and that our parents don't like us, right? Not meant to be, but that's what ends up be, being communicated. So we as men got to understand that we're accepted and we're approved by God based upon not our own behavior, but the behavior of our older brother, Jesus Christ, right? Many believers think that we have to struggle for to earn the Father's blessing. Not understanding that we have been blessed already. You see, and that's a totally different mindset. The mindset that says, I must struggle to obtain the blessing of God. And that someday I'll measure up and he will have favor on me and he will, he will love me. And he will accept me and approve of me. But the other one says that we have been blessed already, that we have been given access to his presence and to everything that's that's considered him we have access to, and that this event has already taken place. You see, this is really important because we as men can look to a future date, that maybe someday I will be blessed, maybe someday I will be delivered from this addiction to pornography or, or nicotine or or alcohol, or whatever it is. Maybe someday I will. But the reality is, is that we have been blessed already, and that it's up to us whether we're going to walk inside of that or not. Because God has already done what he's going to do. He don't need to jump on the cross again, right? And so the work is finished. But we have to understand, appropriate that, and begin to walk in the reality of that. And that is key. Jesus did great things. How many would believe that, right? And some of the reasons why he did great things is because of this baptism, because of this prayer, because him experiencing this open heaven, the Holy Spirit descending, and the, the sonship being proclaimed and understanding that he was approved. So what I really want to drive home is this, is that is that he could not do great things without the reality of sonship. He could not do great things without the, the reality of his approval with God. 
He couldn't do great things until these certain events took place. And so it is with our life. You know, we want to um, we want to have power, you know, over the weaknesses that are taking place in our life. We want to be used by God to do great exploits and to do awesome things in this world. And we want all these things, but it comes down to is, are you a son of God? It comes down to, does God accept and approve you? Because like I said, if we don't have those down, then we're going to be on a quest to earn sonship. We are going to be on a quest to earn favor. You see, Jesus heard the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Man, I remember experiencing an awesome reality one day. I was praying and I was telling God how great he was. And then I felt um, I felt some communication in my thoughts that said, you know what? I think that you're awesome too. And I'm like, what? And I began to break down and cry. And the reason why is because my religion taught me that, you know, that I was junk and that I was a worm and that I was nothing. And then I'm hearing the, the communication from God saying that I'm his child and that I accept you and I approve of you. And I think you're awesome too. I'm like, whoa, talk about like a reality slap. And so when, when, when sonship and approval is, is established, we begin on the path to purpose. You see, the, the, the Spirit empowers us with these realities. I am a son of God, and I am approved by my Father. Now, the only thing worse than sin is a son who feels like they must struggle to earn his favor. You see, we need to understand that we are his son today. And we need to know that we have his approval right now. If you need a scripture reference for, for that, we have been accepted in the beloved. We have been accepted in the beloved. Now, many people don't think they make God smile. Many people think they make God cry or they frown, right? Not understanding the, the, the love and acceptance that God has for us. So that approval, it's much like the blessing of a marriage, right? It says, you know, I think well of you. I, when I think about you, I smile and I think well of you. Man, it's hard for us to grasp the reality that this might be the mindset of God. It's because we think the opposite. We think when God thinks of us that he wants to smite us or smote us. We think when God thinks of us that he gets frustrated, disappointed. And I have uh, thoroughly experienced those realities, you know, as a new Christian, um, struggling with uh, different weaknesses in my life. Um, the voice of God sounds much like the voice of my stepfather, who was very cruel, very mean, and I could never make him happy. And he was always critical and fault-finding. And so because I didn't, I wasn't established in the truth and, 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 and stuff like that, that the voice of God became the same. It was very mean. It was very critical. I could never measure up. I remember one time uh, I felt like 
I was supposed to talk to some girl because I remembered her from the streets and she was a drug addict and stuff. And, but I didn't have the courage to do such things. I, you know, I'm new in the faith and I'm struggling myself and uh, I felt impressed to go talk to her and I didn't. And then I felt, I heard this uh, voice inside of my thoughts, these self-condemning critical thoughts that said, man, after all I've done for you and you can't go talk to this girl. And that was supposed to be a message from God. But see, it wasn't a message from God because God accepts us and approves of us. And he's not going to come to us in this critical fault-finding fashion. It's the truth. So I think well of you. I endorse you. Man, if we grab a hold of the reality that God says, I approve of you, that means you have my endorsement. I have stamped my name upon you. You represent me. I represent you. We are connected. We are together. And what this means is that I have your back. God says, I have your back. And, and the reality of that is God is saying that I'm not against you. I am not against you. I'm not here to frustrate and oppose you. I am for you. You are my offspring. You have my approval. I advocate you. I will uphold you. I will validate you. I am responsible for you because you are my child. And I will publicly express my favor and my goodness upon you your life. Man, we need to capture that reality as men. <sighs> you see, the reality that men are facing today is that they don't feel like sons. They feel more like slaves. If you ask, do you feel like a slave or do you feel like a son? Some might piously say, you know, I feel like a son, but they're acting like slaves. And so... We got to look at what it means. God has come to us and declared that we are sons and we are children of God and that we have his approval. So how does this play out? You see, slaves, slaves view God as a slave driver, right? They're, they're forever striving to make their angry master happy. And he's never happy. And he's always demanding. And we can never measure up. But sons, sons are far different. Sons view God as a father. And not an overbearing, demanding father either. A wonderful father who has loved us and accept us and brought us into the family as adopted children, and he loves us without any conditions. You see, no matter what we do, the love of God does not change. Now, our lives might become miserable because we're acting like fools, and we might bear the fruit of those consequences, right? Because what you sow, you will reap. It is the set in stone law of God, but he'll still love us right? Slaves depend upon their own abilities to please their master. Yeah. What is my talents? What is my abilities? I'm going to depend upon those and then maybe God will be happy with me. 
You see, but sons are far different. We understand that our Father has already been pleased by and through what Jesus did on the cross. You see, slaves live by principles or live by the passion for principles and commandments. What was the last thing the master said? Oh, yeah, let's make sure that we do that. And their whole relationship with God is considered uh, centered around merely obedience. See, God wants a relationship. He's not a dictator, and he doesn't give out rules and regulations and, 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 and require absolute obedience, and that's the only thing that he wants. He wants a relationship. Could you imagine, you, you know, telling your children, the only thing that I want you to do is obey. That's it. Just obey. I don't want anything else. Okay. I don't want you to come talk to me about your problems. I don't want anything like that. Just obey me. And religion has this concept of God and it is strong and it's powerful. Why? Because we have slaves who haven't become sons yet. And they're stuck in this slave mentality instead of being a son. You see, we are sons because we live for our passion, by and for our passion, for God. And connection and relationship with Him. You see, that relationship is what gives us the power to, to yield to Him to begin with. You see, many people put the cart before the horse and they say, if I obey, then I can have this relationship with God. But God says, have this relationship with me and I will give you the power to obey. The same thing that goes with acceptance. We think somehow that we can obey to get the acceptance of God, not understanding that God says he loves us, he accepts us, we're welcome to the family, and that will give us the power and the ability to yield to him. You see, slaves serve because it is their duty to do so. This is this idea of duty is obligation. It is something that you are required to do. And the only reason why you do that is because you are required to do so. You see, sons serve from a pure heart because they are impassionately in love with their father. Far different than the idea of duty and obligation. Slaves participate in spiritual disciplines out of a sense of obligation in hopes they can twist the arm of God. Most all Christian disciplines are trying to get God to do something for us. Not understanding that, that sonship is all about connecting and communing with the Father because we find joy in it. Not because of duty, not because of obligation, not trying to twist the arm of God, just simply because we enjoy the connection with our Father. Slaves are under the impression that they can be holy enough to obtain God's favor. See, sons are under the assumption that we can pursue and desire holiness out of the gratefulness for of what Christ has done for us. Slaves have a low self-worth. You see, slaves' value come before their, from their perfect performance. They look at their master, and if the master is satisfied, then therefore they, they are happy. If the master is unsatisfied, then, then they have low self-worth. You see, we are sons of God because we have a strong sense of security on the inside because we trust in the performance of Jesus and not our own. 
You see, that's a big difference. Slaves feel like God is a million miles away. Like who gets to dwell in the master's chamber? Who gets to connect? What slave gets to connect with the master? Right? There are certain duties that you are to perform, and then you are to go your way. You see, but we are sons because we believe that we commune with God who lives inside of our hearts. You see, the master's not somewhere far away. He is somewhere very close to each and every one of us. So close, in fact, is that we have become the home and the dwelling place of God. Slaves are in an endless quest to find freedom. Man, the slave mentality is this, is that I am going to seek and desire freedom someday in the future. And that's what men have settled to do. Someday in the future, I will have intimacy with my wife. Someday in the future, I will beat and overcome this nicotine addiction. Somewhere in the future, I will stop, you know, drinking two pots of coffee, four monsters a day. Somewhere in the future, and we put all of these blessings, all this freedom from uh, the, the addictive personality that we have, we put it somewhere far away in the future. And when we do that, we remain slaves today. You see, we are sons because we believe that we are free already. The Emancipation Proclamation has been declared. You are my child. I accept you. I love you. And you are free, not struggling to become free. You see, slaves put everything that God has promised and they put it into some future day in, in heaven in the sweet by and by and the pie in the sky. And it's for somewhere in the future. Those benefits can be obtained only when I've reached perfection or only when I've pleased God in, 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 in its entirety. You see, but we are, we are sons because we fully believe and understand that everything that God has, ha, has given already, that he has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. But men are struggling trying to achieve those things. And part of it is this sovereignty of God that says, you know what? Deliverance, God will deliver me when he delivers me. Well, the message that I have for you today is that you've been delivered already. But for some reason, you're not choosing to walk inside of it. You're not choosing to believe it. And you have accepted the lie that the sovereignty of God, that someday he will come through and he will deliver you. And that's just not the way it works. He wants you to walk in that power and that reality today, right now. So, see the process. Baptism, prayer, heaven open, Holy Spirit descended, sonship, and well-pleased. Because this is the process that God wants to take us personally. And that is first understanding that the old man has been crucified and we are to rise up in this new life with this new mindset, this new belief systems. And that opens us up to prayer and communication and relationship with God, understanding that the heavens are open and we have direct access and can come boldly to the throne of grace. Understanding that the Holy Spirit has descended and that we are now the temple 
of the Holy Spirit, and he will speak to us, and he will guide us, and he will direct us. And that understanding that we are now the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Those who are led by God are the sons of God. And that happens after the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And lastly, we have the approval and the acceptance of God. And something powerful is going to begin to happen in Jesus' life in Luke chapter 4. And it's because of this foundation has taken place. And this must take place in our life also. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.